Welcome to a very professional podcast. This is Political <laughs> Football. Uh, we are producing the show as the show is going. Uh, my name is Dave. I'm here with Cleve. This is a very exciting episode that we have uh, we have planned for this week. We're going to get into a whole bunch of topics. But uh, first things first, we do have a big announcement to make for for the podcast. And so while Cleve is turning on his lights or preparing his Metamucil or whatever whatever it is he's got to be got to be doing here, I'll let you guys you know I'll let you guys know that this used to be a uh, three man show. Uh, Maddie Ice, who was the president of the Maddie Ice Media Network, used to be one of the co-hosts here. He has stepped away to focus on running the network. He's got his own show as well, MaddieIceMedia.com. Go find all those things. Um, but now we're getting, we want, we always wanted to get back to what Cleve calls a three-man wolf pack. Cleve, do you agree that three of us is better than two of us? Absolutely, because we we need um, somebody to keep the peace. Because you and I will always <laughs> <laughs> engage in banter. Just. Just like uh, GoldenEye 007, your Jets, my Lions, it's just slampers only. Just oh my God. terrible. Yeah. Nobody nobody winning. So we decided that we wanted to find a uh, new third co-host for the show. And I tried 17, 18 people. They all told me no. No, I'm kidding. Wow. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had, I had a person in mind from the very start that I thought would be great. And uh, he's been here for the last couple of episodes, and that is our guy, Scott. Scott, welcome to Political Football. 17 or 18, huh? <laughs> You're the 19th guy. I just guy. thought it was six or seven, maybe, but, you know. Hey, maybe you'll be no, like Kurt to Warner. Be you'll come from deep off the bench and go to the hall. You know, you never know. Wow. <laughs> was that movie, did any of you guys see that movie? Was it good? Was it not good? I didn't see it. The Underdog, I think it's called. The Kurt Warner movie. It looked horrible. No. I, I did not watch it. Uh, <laughs> ben already saying this show ain't no good. I think that's because we relate to the start. I don't think that's because he doesn't like Scott. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe though. Ben, ben, ben is hateful and a Sparty. So it very well could be that he just doesn't like Scott. But wow. um, yeah, no, Cleve, I didn't see the movie. Was it good? No, nah, I, I didn't see it. I'm 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 waiting until it comes like Disney Plus and you can stream it for four bucks. Or Are you gonna do I'm the same gonna, thing I'm, with the Drew Brees movie? Same kind of deal. Is that where uh Kevin James plays Drew yeah. Brees? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, my wife calls me Kevin James all the time. Are you kidding? And I think it's a horrible thing. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. This is <laughs> not you. a lie. I'm I'm not gassing you up here. I'm not gassing you up. Oh, I don't know if I can put. Okay, if you say you so, can see it, no, 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 no. Somebody, uh, a a a female very close to me, thinks Kevin James is actually quite sexy. Oh my god! Wow, really? Not like yeah, Same not not, not like Jason Momoa by any means, but like oh, I have a story about that too. Yeah. Oh, your Jason oh, wow. Momoa story. Did I tell <laughs> okay. you that story about my wife? Okay, so <laughs> we're in the theater. I don't there know how go. this starts. So we're in the theater seeing the original Justice League movie or whatever it was back five years ago. My kids at this point are like 12 and nine. So we mm -hmm. sit down in the theater. It gets dark, all that stuff. The the uh, It was a preview for that movie. The preview shows up and his face shows up on the screen. And she audibly goes, oh. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. I couldn't possibly be more 180 from him. Yeah, so that happened. So it wasn't the popcorn. It wasn't how good the popcorn. Nope, there were no. Huh? There was no hole in the bucket of the popcorn. Nothing. 
nothing. Man. Just wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I've recovered from that. To be truthful, but you know, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing: is that it's an unfair comparison. Like we would not compare ourselves athletically to LeBron James or Jamar Chase. Right. We don't look at them and go, well, I guess we're terrible at sports. Or we're completely out of shape because we're not them. It's just unfair. I mean, Jason Momoa is like the top 99.9 percentile of a man handsome wise to ever exist. Like, of course, like the rest of us don't look like that. Like we're not even supposed to. He's the odd one. He's the weird one. Thank right. Um, but the thing is, you just have to get her back. So, like, here's what you do. Just print out like a whole bunch of like Raquel Welch posters and put them up all over your office or whatever, and uh, just hit, and just leave it unsaid, something like that. I'm surprised you know who she is, Dave. Raquel Welch, all time yeah. number two, all time number two. Who is your number, number one? one? Oh, Jennifer Lopez. Mm, highly debatable. <laughs> debatable. No, Jennifer Lopez, all time number one, still number one. Your favorite. S- Scott never. and I. Scott and I are old enough to remember both Derek. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Nah, Dave, don't even try to act like you even know what that is, bro. Here's the problem with Bo Derek. Um, now there's a problem with Bo Derek. She's obviously gorgeous. Mm-hmm. There's nothing attractive about the 70s. Really? The entire decade is unattractive. The music, the movies, like it's just not, it, it just doesn't, it's That's not. Probably, probably the era of the most brutal football you can get till, till the 80s. Yeah, so it's not like I mean, Bo Derek is obviously just absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. But like, for me, somebody who like was big in the seventies, and because mm-hmm. the seventies, it's always going to be a knockdown. Like the the architecture is ugly, the TV shows aren't good. Like it just whoa, whoa, it was just whoa. a bad. It was just a bad. Wow. So here's hey, the thing. How old are you? I yeah. am. Uh, I will turn forty in January. I was born in eighty three. Let me carry the one here. You weren't alive during the this period in which you're trashing. This exactly, period? Scott. That, that's like us saying the '40s were like really bad. And uh, okay, here's the thing: I wasn't alive during slavery either. Pretty sure it sucked. Like, I, I'm not. Are you equating slavery with the '70s? Yeah. No. Dude. No. 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 I'm sure there was something you beautiful just did. about Antebellum. Yeah, this is, uh, this is what you missed. This is what you missed, and Scott and I had in our childhoods. No helmet riding bikes, no knee pads, right? Never had those either. No, yeah, I, I'd have none of that either. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm the, <laughs> I am, a, a I'm a millennial. I'm, or if you like, I'm one of the absolute oldest millennials. I had none of that. I had to ride my bike. My parents don't always know where I was. Thank God. Okay. Uh, is Don here? <laughs> Don in here yet? Uh, thank God. Um, so, but no, oh, so the okay. 70s. Mm-hmm. So for the, for those of you who got to experience the 70s at the time, you get to compare it to what came for. And I'm sure like because of like being able to say more on TV and be more out there, it's it, like compared to the 50s, I'm sure it was incredible at the time. But now just looking back on it in hindsight, like, OK, Star Wars 1977 is awesome and it's a much better movie than any of the Star Wars that have come out. Like the first three are better than the last six for sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like aesthetically and like the lightsaber battles and all that, it's that's better now. It, that's what makes it cool, man, because it was cool then. And the greatest sports movie that's cringy as hell now is the Bad News Bears, the original with Walter Matthau. That is the that movie couldn't be played now anywhere, bro. Not on Netflix. No, but it's no. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's the greatest movie ever made, um, 70s wise. 
So, so I'm not like trying to trash the seventies as a decade. I just think it was a very inelegant deca- decade. A lot of, a lot of disco, a lot of the rock clo- and roll being yeah, stole the, from black the artists. Sucked. The clothes sucked. I had a lot of butterfly collar shit. That yeah. shit sucked. But the, yeah, Star Wars, the movies, some of the stuff uh, towards the end of the seventies was, was awesome, man. Eighties was think- awesome too. I mean, think about what then happened is that you went from the 70s into parachute pants kind of shit. Like, <laughs> what, what exactly was going on there? So, you know, yeah. I mean, we we might rag on the 70s, but I'm not sure the 80s was was any better. It was like, all neon, it's like neon and like Miami Vice shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I think one thing, too, is that in the 70s, there was no like big time hip hop culture. So think about it. I turned 10 in 1993. So I'm 10 wow. for like nothing but a G thing, right? So by the time I'm like aware of music, hip hop is already there. It's huge. I love it. And I'm like, well, where's it at from 1974? And it's well, not it, there. Yeah, it's not there. But it's sports, sports was awesome, yeah. man. Charlie Hustle, the Steel Curtain, the Cowboys had a little run, you know. Football was brutal. Oh, I watch all those, yeah, all the like uh, NFL films, Steve Sable. Across the middle, if you want, bro. Dangerous way to make a living. Dave, it does it does feel like you're making some sense though, because there's like a 15 year period where the where for the most part music just sort of went away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like after the Beatles and before Houdini. Yeah, I I mean, like Led Zeppelin was awesome, right? Like that that was a great band. Yeah, yeah, but, but they stole, but off. they stole half their shit from black people. Everybody has. I mean, yeah, but they're unapologetic about it. They're like Elvis. Okay, man. Kiss, <laughs> Kiss was awesome, bro. Kiss was awesome. Seven. I mean, I'm from Michigan. I can't diss Kiss. It's not really my thing, but I can't really talk too much trash about uh, it. That's, that's I'm just sure. not a fan of of that kind of stuff, like that performance. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that. I, I mean, they were good, but what? I mean, what did what did Kiss really do other than paint their faces? But I, so I think Kiss is more their music, but they're like artistic because you got the painted face and the stage presence. It's all thing, and yeah. like not everybody likes all types of art, so that's fine. But I can respect Kiss for like what they try to do, even though I wouldn't give you ten cents for a record. But I like I can, you know, yeah, yeah. Kiss haters, okay, okay. But Dave, Wait. it seems like you woke up and 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 the hip hop was rocking, and so was the grunge era. Like, right. So so yeah. funny. So this this is hilarious. So. You know, as a kid, I don't know how it is for kids nowadays because I don't have them. But as a kid, of course, you know, my mother got to control the radio. She likes mm-hmm. country music. So through like the late 80s, early 90s, I know all the country stuff because that's what she's listening to. One day, I am list- I flip the radio station over to 89X, which is gone now, RIP, in Detroit. Flip it over to 89X. And they say uh, the introducing Smells Like Teen Spirit. Now, of course, I had, you know, at school, hearing about it, I never heard the song before, but I was like, oh, this is Nirvana, it's that band everybody's talking about, whatever. The first time they got to the push with Dave Grohl on the drums, country was done. I was yep. like, this is the greatest instrumental music that can ever exist. <laughs> There's nothing, there will never be There's anything better than everybody this. Everybody was talking about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was just like, I, I'm not music uh musician, I can't like, but like just the banging on the drums like that, like Garth Brooks could never, right? Wow. <laughs> so you didn't you didn't play an instrument growing up? No. So what's funny is that my brother is actually a professional musician, like world tour traveling professional musician, and I cannot, I can't sing. Two, I two can't things there. Nothing. I didn't know you had a brother for or siblings. <laughs> so, that's 
<laughs> I've known so, this guy like three four, fucking four years. <laughs> never knew so, family. So, so my brother is te- he's technically my stepbrother. Okay. Um, well, he, well, he's but, your, brother. your brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but that's why. Uh, but he's tech. But yeah, so he's my brother. He's uh, he shows up in the chat sometimes. That's Joe. Joe shows up in the chat sometimes. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, um, didn't know. Yeah, he's so I went to L.A. He's the one who lives in L.A. So I went to the game in L.A. It was him and oh, his okay. family. I was going. Okay, it makes sense now. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, he's like traveling. His group opened up for Amy Winehouse, oh, uh, wow. Snoop, Bruno Mars, like big time musician. Could play like anything on the bass. Makes beat. He can sing, and I just like nothing, nothing. Wow. We got all wow. the artistic stuff. Yeah, it's like it'd be like if Michael Jordan's brother. Like couldn't walk. <laughs> Jesus, that's, that's what it's like. Like I have no musical ability at all. So Scott, what did you play, man? N- nothing musically, and it's and it, it's really? I'm like wow. Dave. It's the same thing. It's like I have tried. Like I played, I played the drums. I tried to do that. I played. I've tried to play the guitar. All those things. Yeah. It is just so out of out of my. I was a drummer. I was a drummer up until high school. I was a drummer. I played the drums. Yeah, I mean, I think playing the drums is like the dream, right? Yeah, it's it's the coolest. It's the coolest thing ever. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't a horn guy, and I definitely um, didn't want like a tube or anything big or some something flimsy like a like a harp or some shit like that, you know. But drums were always cool, man. I was drummer. Wow, it's good. It's good stuff. No drums. It is. I mean, I mean, but like, I I feel like I can recognize like how amazing uh, musicians mm-hmm. are and how how ridiculous it is that somebody can can pick up something and make noise out of it that other Sounds people want to listen to. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, to that point, and I, I swear at some point we'll move on to actually what we have planned for the for the show here. But to that point, Scott, the musicians and whatever. So I was like, because Joe is five years older than me. I was 11 or 12 and he was like 16 or 17 and I was over at my stepmother's uh, house, you know, hanging out with him. And I remember I'd gotten for Christmas from my mom, these like sweaters that were also football jerseys. So they had like the name of, I had like a Greg Lloyd, like the names and numbers sewn in, but they were sweatshirts. So you could wear them in the winter, right? Up in Mm -hmm. Michigan, it's cold. So I wear it to school. Like I'm all happy about it. And I mean, like some of like the you know, asshole kids that make a fun of me or whatever. So that weekend I'm talking to Joe about it and you know, whatever I'm complaining about these kids and he's like fiddling with this bass, you know, just sort of fiddling as, as I'm talking to him. And he's like, not even, I don't think he's listening. Cause he's like looking down at it. He's like playing it or whatever. And he goes, well, do you like the shirts? I go, yeah. And he goes, well, who the fuck is they anyway? And he has just playing this like awesome bass riff. And I was like, Okay, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> That's awesome. Because at nice. first I didn't think you were li- like, I didn't think he was listening because he was like focused on the instrument, but he was just so good at it. He could like do both. It's good stuff. So yeah, Scott, you're right. Like how musicians do that, I have I, I have no idea. I don't either. And it's like for me, for me, it's my entire life has been kind of chasing music, just listening to it in the mm-hmm. crowd. Yeah. It will never be me <laughs> making music ever. No. But, no. I, but I'll pay to listen to it. Yeah, no, it is um. I mean, for me, all art's like that. I'm not artistic. Um, like yeah. I can't draw, right? But I love, I love like Renaissance art. But I can never even come close to painting, painting See, like that. I gotta get. But you does to it give you a perspective of, of like awe? Like you're awestruck at some of this stuff, and, and mm-hmm. it makes you appreciate it more. Yeah, but like you can be awestruck at things you're good at. Like I'm awestruck at stand-up comedians, and I'm funny as shit. 
you know, yeah. but like, <laughs> but you can, so you can still be, still be, still be <laughs> awestruck at it. Uh, speaking, speaking of people, the humility are on display is incredible. <laughs> I'm also very handsome. Um, speaking of people who are really funny and really handsome, uh, producer Jeff, who did help us out during the playoffs last year, his podcast, uh, the hour podcast, I co-hosted last week with him. Oh, nice. so, that's up. so I'm going to put links in the show notes and whatnot. Um, I mean, he is absolutely hilarious. We talked about all sorts of crazy stuff. We talked about racist artificial intelligence. We talked wow. about uh, deranged elephants killing people. We talked about desecrating corpses, like all sorts of weirdest random stuff. But that's what that podcast is like. Uh, so I got the feeling for Jason because he was on vacation. So it was just me and Jeff talking back and forth. So be sure to check that out. We're going to include links in the show notes um, here on YouTube, on the podcast feeds if you're listening and all and all that but that was that was a ton of fun the uh next thing i have here <laughs> i've been i've been sitting on this for a little bit cleave uh, for yes. those that don't know cleave is was is slash was is my personal trainer it's how we met cleave i picked up at the same time Uh-oh. a strained <laughs> tendon in my left ankle Mm. And a calf strain in my right calf at the same time. Can either of you guess what I was doing where I picked up this injury? I'm afraid to say it because I don't know who's in. The, who's no, in no, the... it wasn't. It wasn't. Like that. <laughs> okay, it wasn't, okay, that would that would be much less embarrassing. It was nothing. Okay, like that. all right. Um, reaching into a cabinet for something to eat. Uh, no. Although I have like strained my shoulder, like reaching too much before. Scott, you got to guess. Um, I don't, it's, you're stepping onto an elevator, escalator, something like that. Something I, nuts. I hurt myself playing fantasy football. What? Did Were you fired up about a pick you made and you went nuts and you pulled a couple <laughs> muscles? Is that Wait, what you went, you went for Grammatica? to fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I never go full Grammatica, but I guess I, uh, I guess I did. Um. We got Ben here saying, y'all going to talk about some football. Yeah, eventually, probably. Um, it's fantasy football. It's the same thing. So Underdog had this thing, this promotion running in June called the Cardio Club, where if you did seven Best Ball Mania 3 drafts while doing cardio and tweeted about it, you would get access to a Discord channel and something of they said that would be of monetary value if you planned on entering every single uh, Max entering the tournament, like 150 entries, which I'm planning on doing. So it's like, okay, I want to do this, but I'm also me. So I put it off to the end of the month and I was like, no problem. I will do all seven at the same time. So I get on the treadmill to do seven drafts. Each one takes about an hour all at the same time. How'd it well, go? Well, the teams Obviously are okay. Not well, but- the teams are okay. But after five, I had to stop because I couldn't feel my knees anymore. And my left ankle was on fire. It hurt so bad. I didn't even know I had the calf strain until the next day. Wow. <laughs> How are you I'll, now? <laughs> I, you know what? Tell that, We tell that story saying that you jumped out of a pool onto a pool deck with like 240, yeah, 240 pound weights in your hand. It is not much cooler than that, bro. <laughs> Uh, but I did come back a couple of days later and finish it. So I did complete the underdog cardio club, cardio club challenge. So I did, so I did, um, I did make it. So, and sorry, Ben, it's been like a month since our last show. So I had to get in all the, all the stuff and welcome yeah, Scott and all that. Up, um, 
Uh, so before we get into football, though, I do want to touch on because it is political football. My headline I have here is tons of awful shit in America since the last episode. Um, so from worse to better, I don't I don't even know how to rank these. Uh, the first is women are now second class citizens. Scott, you got any thoughts? I'm not a woman. So, I mean, outside of like being totally supportive of of uh, the plight of a woman in our, in our country, which is just, to me, it's incredible. I have tons of thoughts, but I am not, I mean, it's like, just like everybody else, it, it, the outrage is unreal. Um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think as men, we have to temper some of that stuff because we're not women. And, uh, while also being as supportive and, 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 um, you know, encouraging to them that hey we i you know we've got your back on this as much as we currently can while trying to figure out what all of this shit means um does anybody really know exactly where we are right now no i don't i don't think we're we understand yet uh the despair that might we may be in if that makes sense yeah cleef um since we're a sports show i can equate it to sports it's like we're we're playing basketball with Naismith's first manual of how to play basketball. Like, it's just like the, our constitution is old. Right. And we're, we're in the future now. Like we're a couple hundred years into this thing and we cannot rely on the document to be true and pure. That's, that's outdated. I get that certain rights are there, but it's like, dude, it's like the Bible, you know, and no offense to anyone that who, who, who are into the Bible. But it's like we're living in times where these things didn't exist hundreds of years ago and hundreds of years ago from now, it's going to be even worse. Like if, if we're going to rely on this document to make the law of the land, that's that's how I see it. No, that's, a, that's yeah, that's a really good point. And what's interesting is that Thomas Jefferson, who, for the record, absolutely sucked. And I hate Thomas Jefferson. However, um, he did make a couple salient points during his time being an awful human being. And inscribed on his memorial here in D.C., one of his passages, I'm not going to be able to quote it exactly, but he talks about, like, that it would be uh, – it would make just as much sense to make a man wear the coat that fit him as a boy as to make our descendants live by the by the rules of their barbaric ancestors. Yeah. And, like, that's the same thing. Like, 300 years from now, people will look back at things that we do and be like, <laughs> how in the world did yeah. you – and like you guys ate animals? Are you kidding me? Like it's gonna be yeah. something like that to us is perfectly normal. Yeah. And they're gonna be like, this is terrible. And I just, yeah, I agree with you. And Cleve, you had an interesting post on Instagram, uh, and I posted something in, uh, similar on Facebook without even knowing that you had posted this. But you posted something about the Fourth of July and not like observing it and not celebrating it. Mm -hmm. And I had seen this come up quite a bit now after the, the decision to repeal Roe, but I'm with you. I've been on this for a long time. Do you want to talk, you know, just sort of talk about that for a second? Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm a naturalized citizen. I come from another, I hail from another country. I'm South American born and I'm British Guyana. Immigrated here when I was, moved to Canada and then immigrated here when I was a kid, like so seven, eight years old. Uh, when I became, when I became 18, I got naturalized as a citizen here because I just wanted to be a citizen. I wanted to go to college here, all that kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. But I realized when I got out of high school, I had to relearn a lot of history about how things, because I started having friends in different spheres and in different parts of the world. And they're like, 
that's not how that happened. <laughs> you know, like if, if you hit, you know, some wars and some battles and things like that. And, you know, so like, you know, revisiting some things. And when I revisited about the 4th of July, it's obviously about the, the birth of the nation. Um, I get that. But it, as far as how things were as, uh, as equal as they can be, it's, it's not my 4th of July for the reason of my, you know, my mm -hmm. original heritage, but also <clears throat> in the time of that, um, I wasn't represented, you know, meaning, um, right. my race. So yeah. it's something that I, I don't ignore, but I don't acknowledge either. Um, where I come from, for example, Christopher Columbus is a murderer. We, it's not celebrated yeah. at all. Like it's not even yeah. acknowledged. So yeah. <laughs> even when I was a kid here, I wouldn't go to school on Columbus day. Like it was a day where my parents were like, you're not going to school today. <laughs> and that yeah. was it. So, um, so I posted that it was not to be jarring. It, it was just kind of a post saying, hey, for the last 20 years, since September 11th, about ish, I stopped celebrating the 4th of July or acknowledging it in any kind of way other than just like, hey, it's, it's, it's a day off, you know? Right. And that's the thing. Like it it celebrates, you know, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. But that did nothing for for us, like my people specifically. But Cleve, you're from British Guyana for the same reason I'm from Michigan. Right? We just, <laughs> our people just landed in different parts of the hemisphere, but it's the mm -hmm. same. It's the same reason. So, mm -hmm. like, because July 4, 1776 didn't mean anything to my people who were here at the time, and this nation has never really tried to rectify the downstream effects of that problem, why would I – celebrate the birth of the nation in that way when the points to celebrate the freedom and independence that comes with it. Correct. Like, yes. I can acknowledge it. That is the birthday of the country. Yeah. That, but, like, and, and that's exactly. Yeah. That's right. Exactly I can't celebrate the freedom and independence that comes along with it. And then this row decision just sort yeah. of re this makes it worse. That. Yeah. This makes it worse this year. You know, this is super interesting. And, I, and I'm going to learn. It's one of the things I think I'm most excited about. This is just learning the perspective of someone other than mine about yeah. a lot of different things. Um, you guys both mentioned a few things. Uh, Dave, you mentioned earlier that some things down the road will seem like totally out of the norm. Like you guys ate meat, but there are, but the things that we're talking about, we can see right now that they, yes. these are not normal things. Correct. Mm -hmm. This is not normal for where, for some of the stuff that's gone on of recent and mm -hmm. Cleve, you mentioned about religion and, and some of the, some of it is some of where we're going to struggle in the short term is that there's a desire to paint the, the constitution as a divinely inspired document. And exactly. therefore it cannot be impeached. It yes. cannot be, we can't change um, though. We can't change the, the constitution on in any way because we believe it came from God. And, and if that's the case, we are fucked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But truly, because we're moving past the point where we have some answers now in the year 2022 that we didn't have in the year 1850. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um, it's just, you know, we, it, I, I, I mean, I do my best to not really talk about anything on Twitter. But yeah. the day that decision came on, obviously we knew it was all coming, but it definitely feels like it's a country backsliding. Um, yeah. And it doesn't mean it was in a good place before. We had a lot of work to do before. But, you know, anytime you're taking significant 
uh, liberties away from people, uh, I think it's a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the writing on the, the writing on the package is justice for all and equality. Then it, that's not it now. Like it's not, it's no. not the, the playing field has been tilted. Now it's completely off, off kilter. Like, you know, well, it's just crazy. One thing, one thing that I've noticed and I'm obviously not a historian, but I'm really like history and looking at through different lenses and trying to understand people where they were coming from. But one thing that seems to be consistently the case in the United States is that we tend to be like way behind every other country like us at all times. Like we were the last country to have slavery. Like that shit was done 50 years earlier everywhere else. Right. Mm -hmm. And and we still had to like have a huge war about it when like this was settled in every other country kind of like ours the situation yeah. with guns right other countries have tons of guns everywhere everybody else is but for some reason we just cannot wrap our heads around getting all the weapons of war off the street and out of people's hands we'll stop all these people from getting shot every other country has figured this out that's like us for some reason we can't the healthcare system every other country's got some sort of nationalized healthcare system that makes it a lot more efficient, a lot more cheaper with better outcomes. For some reason, we just cannot figure it out. Climate change. We're like the only government who has a major party who still thinks climate change isn't real, right? Yeah. Like we're always the last bringing up the rear. We like we're the first with a lot of like inventions and cultural output. But when it comes to like addressing major problems, there is something in the foundation and design of the country that makes it impossible to get out in front. Like when's the next time we are going to come up with a system for treating people that is an improvement over on how France or Norway does it. I mean, I don't, can't see it ever happening. Yeah. Well, well said, my friend. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. Uh, it's just which lens are you, are you viewing that from? I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell you, you both, uh, I've had a pretty privileged life as a white guy. Mm-hmm. But part of part of my responsibility, both to society and my kids, and you know, kind of what I where I view myself is to understand that privilege and to understand the benefit that I've been given that others have not, and understand that others have not. Mm -hmm. And if we if we strive to be a great country, and we want to be able to say we this is a great country. Then, then we have to recognize that throughout the span of our country's history, we have not treated people equally, period. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure my kids are tired of hearing it, but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like it feels, I don't know if you guys are feeling it, but there's like a despair. Like, what do you do? What, like, you know what I mean? Like there's just, not it's not hopelessness because I feel like that's the wrong word, but it's a type of it where where it just feels like you're not like you can feel for women. Like, Dave, you know this. My wife had a miscarriage uh, in her first pregnancy with me. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> not Jason Momoa. I hope she does not listen to this. She's going to kick me in the nuts. Um, <laughs> no. So her first pregnancy, she uh, we found it at 14 weeks that. There just was there was no baby there, like so they showed yeah. the image on the screen and it was just like, that's not what it's supposed to look like. Not yeah. knowing anything, and then you see mm -hmm. the ultrasound technician 
kind of you could you could just see it. But the point is, is that at 14 weeks in the state of Michigan now, she needed uh, she needed to have a DNC, a surgical procedure, and. I don't know whether that's something that would be viable at this point. Is it something right. that she would have to fight for? I don't know. But so there's a little bit of a personal thing just with with uh, the Roe v. Wade thing. Um, and I'm not saying it become per becomes personal and that's when you act. I'm saying that I think uh, we understand that this happens to a lot of people, mm -hmm. significantly more people than than people who have never had kids recognize like it's once you tell somebody that you had a miscarriage, it's like, okay, the guards down. Now you hear it from everybody that everybody, yeah. a lot of people really have. Yeah. So, so you like the, um, her, uh, her doctor's office has, re has reached out and kind of just to explain, like, listen, these kind of things are now, uh, we're questioning whether we're going to be able to do them going forward. Wow. And to me, that's nuts. It's yeah. just madness that we live in 2022. And we have procedures that can both take care of what the problem um, with a pregnancy that doesn't work, but also those procedures do a lot of things to promote pregnancy going forward. Yes. And, and I mean, she was very fertile. So it's like, you know, that kind of a thing is, is uh, I mean, we're, you know, we're going to, we're talking about how that might not be a possibility. And, you know, right now for women, it's, uh, it's nuts. Yeah. It's just crazy. One thing, too, that a lot of people don't think about, because, Scott, you mentioned, like, you know, the privilege and all that, which, of course, you are a wash of white privilege, as all your male cousins are. Uh, and the three of us were all a wash of male privilege, of course. But one thing that I was thinking about, and I was going to make this a Facebook post, but I didn't, is Sally Hemings. Uh, for those that don't know, Sally Hemings was a slave that was uh, just sexually assaulted by Thomas Jefferson. Uh, starting when she was 14, he was about 44. We know that later, that later on, she tried to end the relationship or whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. uh, and he threatened to sell their children if she, you know, ended the relationship. So we know that came later. So we know at some point, Sally was no longer consenting and being coerced. What we don't know is when it started is if she was you know, consenting or being coerced or whatever. Maybe she was like, and that's the master, and I can't let him get all the special attention. I'm going to get all this. Maybe she was actually into it, but because she was a slave and she couldn't say no, it means she also couldn't actually say yes. And the same thing is happening here now. If women are not allowed to make this the choice to abort their pregnancies, nobody can actually choose yeah, that's affirmatively to have children either. So what should be one of the happiest, most special occasions, having having children that you want to have, we actually can't really want them because there's not actually another choice. Yeah, You can feel like you want it. You can have the emotion of wanting it. But because you don't actually have the option, you don't, you can't actually want it anymore. And so now isn't that isn't that the craziness of the Alito opinion when he when he uh, talks about Thomas Hale? The, I mean, the British dude from several hundred years ago who, yes, who, I mean, like, yeah. this is and again, out, outdated. This is the, this stuff is outdated. And that's, that's he, my point. He, 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 as a, as a British jurist, uh, committed to burning women at the stake because they were witches. He also ruled that, that women who were married to men 
had no power to say no because they were part of the they were they were under the male authority. I don't know exactly how it goes, but yeah. but they were under the male authority in in a in a marriage relationship and could not say no. Yeah, I, 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 I can almost guarantee Sam Alito actually believes that. I yeah, he he. I mean, it's one of the guiding reasons why he he ruled the way he did. Yeah. Like now, how does how does a woman? How can a woman, um, like yeah. as a male, as as understanding as, as as much as you can? How does a woman view that? How does that feel? I'm probably enraging and disrespectful and all and all those sort of all those sort of uh negative negative things. Another thing, Scott, because again, you mentioned the privilege and all that, but the thing is, is that uh, there's a author named Heather McGee. She has a book called The Sum of Us, and it talks about what she calls empty pool politics. And it's about how racist policy negatively impacts everybody in society, not just the people it's meant to target. And the example she brings up are swimming pools in the South in the 60s, where they were told to desegregate them. And so instead, they just filled them in with cement. You know, nobody could go swimming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no, the white people didn't have a pool either. Like that's where empty pool comes from. And one thing that she pointed out was interesting is that during the Obama, after the pass of Obamacare, all these governors that wouldn't expand Medicaid yeah. in their states, there was like a direct correlation between black people per capita and states not expanding Medicare. Hmm. And like almost like the worst predictive, like if you were over this line with as many black people in your state, you weren't going to expand it. Right. Like they just weren't going to do it. And so now all the white people in those states didn't get their Medicare expansion either. Right. They, they suffered for it, too. Their privilege yeah. could not save them from these policies. So really, these policies do harm. Like you can't any policy meant to discriminate eventually is going to harm everybody in a society. That's why if one person isn't free, nobody is free. free. Yeah. And that's why if women are going to be legally second-class citizens now, I sure as shit am not going to celebrate the 4th of July in freedom and independence and all these other things because they don't apply to me because now the government thinks that women are beneath us, which is ridiculous. Have you met us? <laughs> like that is – that is absurd. Nobody who's met us and met our wives slash fiancés would ever be like, "Oh yeah, the men." Like yeah. it would never, it would never happen. A little so, bit like with the with Native Americans in the Columbus Day slash Thanksgiving experience. Yes. Like really? Like, thanks for what? I, right. I mean, you know, we're out here in uh, South Dakota, and it's it's either you know negative twenty five or one hundred twenty five. Nothing grows. Cool. Thanks. Right. You know, like. Crazy, yeah. bro. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention, uh, uh, be sure to discuss that because it, it, this is a truly astounding event. I don't think everybody quite realizes that the Supreme Court has never limited civil rights, or at least not in the modern history of, this, of, the, of the Supreme Court. <clears throat> not like since, oh, Dred Scott or whatever, plus yeah. Evers Ferguson. Like, it's been a long time since the Supreme Court has actually, like, taken previously established constitutional rights away. But I will say that if we do that, if we are able to come through this and we don't end up in a handmaid's tale, this could be a Pyrrhic victory because we have the numbers. So we could reestablish the court, reestablish that like women are equal under the law. Doesn't seem like that should be too big of a leap. But now they've established the precedent that previously established constitutional rights that have been expanded upon can be restricted again. 
and we're coming for your fucking guns. Yeah, it, it's right. going to be the, the midterms now is going to be very interesting. Very interesting. Maybe. But, but th- I mean, this will be a while. This could be another 50 years. We may not be here to see this, but all these like expanding rights, you can carry where you want assault weapons and all this. We won't take away the right for people to have firearms. That is in the Second Amendment. That's in there unless we alter that amendment. But all this like constant expanding of who can have guns and where you can have them, what type of guns, all that shit's going away the second we can. And this decision is going to be the precedent to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So like I said, it's a Dave, I, fear that, I fear in some ways that that's, that's an accurate statement, but then I also, that makes me ve- be very uncomfortable with both the short term and middle term of um, my kids' lives, not necessarily for me, mine are 14 and 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked before about, what it means for judges like uh, Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett and, you know, um, what it means for them and how that it means, what it means for them to have to live under the, under, you know, under really a Christian, uh, like a theocratic state kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if they don't believe that way, which a lot of people in our country don't. A majority don't. Right. So, you know, that's the thing is if if they know, like you're saying, if they know that they're that eventually this is all, you know, the train's stopping at, at a station at some point and, and it's over. Uh, I think they already I think a lot of conservatives already feel that way. Are they already feel that their position in our society is is being diminished? And that's why there's in some ways, that's why there's such a backlash to um uh, making every vote equal. That's the, why there's so much of a desire to, ger- to gerrymander yes. and to make to make it difficult for, for people of color to vote uh, I, because they know the numbers are, they know the numbers are not, they, they know that. Well, so, yeah, the census, the census dictates that in the next, what is it, 20 years or so? Um, it's going to flip majorly. I don't think they have the numbers now. I mean, how many, how, how many popular votes has, has a yeah. Republican won since, uh, the- George H.W. Bush in 1988. How many? One. Two or three? 2004. That's it. They won 2004 because they didn't win 92. They didn't win 96. They didn't win 2000. Bush won re-election. Obama, Obama, Hillary beat Trump. Biden beat Trump. So it's been one did, since 19. Now did what happened in the year 2000? Uh, I don't know George, who won that one. Al Gore won the popular vote undisputed. Okay. Yeah. George W. Bush got a got given Florida by the Supreme Court. So they've won the actual- one popular vote in 30 years? Yeah, they've won three in my lifetime. They won in 84 when Reagan won like 49 states. They won in 88 with H.W. Bush, and they won in 2004. That's it. But they have six Supreme Court justices. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. It's not I mean, democratic. It's- yeah. Yeah. Right. And so this is a whole nother thing that I don't want to get into right now because it would just take way, way too long. And we really got to talk about Baker Mayfield of all things. But <laughs> um, uh, I think that the Democratic Party as a whole does not quite understand how on the lower D Democratic the current setup is and how like we can't just vote our way out of it. Because there's more of us anyway, since it doesn't work. Like, we need full fundamental structural change. And, like, 
explicitly political things because the point is they have a democracy where the rights of the minority are protected, right? People who disagree with me should not be thrown in jail or have their rights taken away just because they disagree with me. Like that'd be ridiculous. However, more people think like me than think like Ted Cruz. So why does two thirds of the Supreme Court think like Ted Cruz, right? Like that's not okay. That's not how the system is supposed to work. And that's why now everything is getting so screwed up. Add four more Supreme Court justices. Make D.C. a state tomorrow. If Puerto Rico wants to become a state, make them a state. Add every single other Pacific Island territory if they want to be a state. If American Samoa wants to be the state of Samoa, they can be a state. Get them senators into the Senate so that it's more representative. The Senate right now is 50-50, but blue uh, Democratic senators got 41 million more votes than the Republican senators, but it's 50-50. That's not Democratic. And the system is meant to work a certain way. And if it's not working that way, it will collapse. And they just will not – like it's not hitting them how urgent the, the situation is. Crazy, bro. I, I, um, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think it's hitting them. But I also don't know that we all as citizens have a full grasp of exactly how precipitous um, what has happened, how quickly it has happened. And you know how quickly like, can get a lot worse. These things tend to speed up. Yes. Right. Yeah. If if we if it if it turns out 30 years from now, we're looking back that January 6th was crystal knocked, it won't be surprising. We're early enough where it doesn't have to be, but if it turns out that's the case, that won't be a shock. It well could be though. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it could be. Like it, we could be looking at like 10 years from now. This is like and then what so are the really consequences terrible. worldwide of that kind of an event? It'd be awful because I do firmly believe I'm not like some big rah-rah person. I do firmly believe that the American military cannot be defeated in a conventional warfare. All we can do is play to a draw like Joshua in war games. Um, and that these crazy lunatics being given control of our uh, incredible military and our arsenal of nuclear weapons means that either they get to establish dominion over everybody on the planet or they end up killing everybody on the planet in nuclear holocaust trying to do so. I can't really see any way out of it. Like, like I think we actually have a moral duty to our species to make sure that these people do not get control of our weapons. <laughs> like our like our arsenal is too strong for crazy people. Uh I think we've already passed the point where that's happening. I mean, I, I I mean, I think there are like psychological this is going to sound a little nuts, but I mean, I think when you look at like Mike Flynn and some of the psychological operations that have been conducted here and that are ongoing, I think the crazy people are there. I mean, Mike Flynn's brother is in charge of the Pacific, right? Yeah, he's – and that's the other thing too. Like Joe Biden could just purge all these people out of the military. He's the commander in chief. <laughs> he could just be like, you're fired. Get some balls, yeah. bro. Right. Yeah. This is a this is, it's an at will workplace like you guys like. So <laughs> okay. But I think that's that's kind of what we're asking for is just hey, let's be a little more assertive in what we're doing. Um, and, and, I don't and remember Democrats ever being assertive. Ever. And I'll front and real about the problem. Like this is not a normal political problem, so we can't have normal political solutions. We can't petition a vote our way out of half of the half of the political system wanting to be authoritarian and stop people from voting. Yeah. Right. So but that's another. We can we can do one of those closer to the uh, um, 
closer closer to the midterm. So there's two things I did want to make sure that we did talk about for sure that are um, football related. Three really. So the first one I want to uh, quick uh, cleave. Gronk retired. What are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, I know that he was chasing one more. Uh, they got close last year, but I think with the with the the punishment that he put his body through. At some point, I mean, I think this was he probably wanted to play, but his his body's like enough already. You've got the accolades. You're walking into the Hall of Fame. Um, you're one of the greatest tight ends to ever live. Um, good for him, man. I, I think I think he has enough championships. I think he's good. I mean, I know an athlete is always going to be an athlete, but the the game, especially something like this, will retire you. Can't put up with it. Can't do it. You know, he's a veteran now, so. Going through OTAs, going through training camp, all that stuff is like, eh, I show up in the playoffs. <laughs> is there any part of you that thinks that, um, you know, the fourth week of the of the training camp show uh, rolls around and Gronk's like, I think I'm ready to play. Any, that's what any... happened. I mean, that's what happened. The you know that that happened before with him. You know, yeah. Um, where you know I don't you know get if the I'd itch. Rule that out. I think that's a possibility. Yeah. Still. I just think that is um given the injuries that he's that he has sustained and and the punishment that he has taken and I think it it gets to a point where um I'm a big boxing fan used to box like where we say the ring retires you cuz guys think yeah. they can still go I think football says enough for for you um especially with this style of play too it's not like he was a finesse player yeah he was essentially like an extra tackle because he was such yeah. a good blocker. It's, yeah, it's uh, just, it's it's a lot of punishment you're asking your body to go through. And again, a lot of these veterans, you would always hear like, "Hey, man, if I could just show up for the playoffs, I'll, you know, you can use yeah. me then." You know, but I don't want to eighteen week season again. Can you see this guy doing eighteen weeks? No, <laughs> it's brutal. I, I don't. I mean, I at this point, you know, take him take him at face value, but uh, leave out the possibility that he could. He, you know, he could play. It's uh, and he'd still be very effective. Yeah, I think it's situational. I think if they're nine and three after Thanksgiving, he's coming back. Yeah, like yeah, but red zone packages though. Red zone package. That's it. Well, even then, he's only got to play what eight games when the Super Bowl at that point. Work them in slowly, build them up, ready to go. So this is actually an interesting conundrum for best ball tournaments because he's now absolutely free to draft because people aren't going to take him because he's retired. But if we think he's coming back later in the season, when all the big money is won in weeks 15, 16, and all 17. All those playoff weeks matter a lot. Yeah, yeah. All the money's in week 17. And they play Carolina in the big money week. So if we think Gronk's coming back, now that Carolina's got a quarterback to really push the score. Um, Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I am, I'm torn here. I'm not not taking him, but I'm – I'm taking them a little bit. I have to. Who are you taking? Like, in, how many rounds is this? Like a 28 round? 18. Or 18. 18. So in round 18, who are you taking? It's it's. So here's the thing: is that it's uh it's a opportunity cost, right? Taking zeros yep. is bad for advancing to the playoff weeks in the first place. Yes. Right. So you need you'll trade not having Gronk for the first eight weeks, taking these constant zeros in your lineup, but hoping the rest of the lineup is good enough. Where if you get there with him, now you've got a supercharged team. So yes, never but the problem back, is, is you now have to have three tight end roster spots, though. Right, and I like to only have two tight ends if I can, either two quarterbacks or two or two tight yeah. ends, right? Only two of the yes. ones in positions. And, you know, if I have 
Kyle Pitts and um, I don't know, some later on Brevin Jordan. Do I really want to throw Gronk on there or just hope that Kyle Pitts is going to take over? But if I plan from the start to get Gronk, well, now I know I can kind of push tight end a little bit further, further yeah. down. And it's just interesting, like a um, like a game theory, thinking through whether or not what that to do. And my boy Paul, who is not in the chat tonight, he does not think he's coming back. Um, and he and I co-manage a bunch of like a double up satellite teams on FFPC. And he, I'm like, we need to take Gronk in the 20th round. He's free. What if he comes back? And he's like, I don't think he's coming back. So he and I are even on opposite, opposite ends of this. But it's just really interesting to think about. Uh, Scott, you have one team. You had one team in this tournament. Would you draft Gronk? Probably not. But but if I had 150, yeah, I would I would take him in maybe 22 of them. 20, maybe. 15 to, in that range. Like, yeah, it depends on, on how the build goes, but like, you know, I would be, you definitely have to have three tight ends in that scenario. You'd want two solid. You don't need a superstar. You just need, you know, um, Gesicki and Alberto, some such. Yeah. Just whatever. Like you, you need two that you can rely upon to take. So that's where like injuries would crush you. If you draft, if you took three and Gronk missed the first, first half the season and then didn't come back. And if say like you got an injury at the other at one of your other tight end positions, that team's kind of sunk. So that's why I wouldn't be doing it like I wouldn't be doing it with a lot, but you know, fifteen percent, ten percent, maybe. Well, I also want to do it with with uh, Brady stacks or Carolina stacks, right? Because you want that that game, like you do the big money game, is what you're really banking on. And yeah. so you were playing basic for week 17 with just that pick. And they play the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers today traded a fifth round pick to the Cleveland Browns for Baker Mayfield. Uh, big news here in the NFL. So we're going to play my favorite game. Cleve, who would rather have quarterback in the Jets right now? Zach Wilson or Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. <laughs> well, that was pretty quick. Yeah. I like Baker. You guys know that. I, I used to kill him in the in the first season that we, that we did this show. And then, you did. yeah, and then I... I, I gave him his flowers. Um, I really thought he did himself a disservice last year playing with a bum bum labrum. I'm like, you have nothing to play for. I'm shutting it down because we talked about this. Like your money was on the table and they were going to tell you, well, you're kind of damaged goods, so we're not going to pay you market value. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of him in a nutshell though. And, and that's even his play style too, is, is that real, that sort of chaotic frenzied, um, you know, a little bit like planting the flag, you know, at, at midfield mm -hmm. type of stuff where it just seems unnecessary to do some of the things uh, last year playing, like you're saying with the yeah. torn shoulder. Yeah, I'm with the done. I'm like, bro, yeah, I'm like, it's week, what is it? What was it like week 15, 16? I'm like, what, yeah. what the fuck am I trotting out there for? For what? Yeah. <laughs> for what? Yeah, but it, like there are things that he can't control himself over and some of that it bleeds through in the way he plays and, and the the problematic style in which he plays the things that I don't think he'll ever, he'll ever resolve are all in about how he processes information. And uh, there's this frenetic uh, frantic sort of um, trying to make something happen when it's might not when be there. Yeah. It, but well, also missing things that are there too. That's like, like that a, was the Beckham problem. That's like a college. That's like a college way 
like you know, like you, like you, like like how Manziel was. I'm gonna I'm gonna run around to something develops, and I'm like, yeah. this is the NFL. Everyone's all American, bro. Like everyone out there is all American. Yes, except they, like Mayfield wants to run around, wants to be that guy who runs around until things develop. But once he gets moving, nothing's developing. It's like the, the play's dead. So problematic. I, you know, yep. we've seen a little bit of talk. Dave, I don't know where you are on the whole. How does it help? like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and uh, Terrace Marshall, who might be a really intriguing mm -hmm. best ball player. Yes. Um, I don't know that it helps them a ton more. I mean, I think DJ Moore is going to score more, I, you know I mean? I think it'd be almost impossible for him to score less, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Cleve DJ yeah. Moore is now going to his fifth year in the NFL over the last three seasons of which he's had a thousand yards in all of them. How many total touchdowns does he have over the last three seasons? Over and under of like 20. Uh, under. Over, under the six. Wow. <laughs> over six. Yeah. 12. Four each year. Wow. So this guy's really running a track meet out there. Yeah. There's some great super cuts on YouTube of him like running wide open, torching the defense and the ball just going anywhere but, but yeah. to him. Wow. So he's a uh, Featherstone on the. Uh... On, what's that he is movie? an incredible receiver. It's just <laughs> like, you know, it's tough to see a scenario which where he scores fewer touchdowns than he, I mean, wow. you know, he, he really, he could easily score eight to 10 touchdowns. Yeah. Eight, I, I think is, is a reasonable place to put it, but you know, um, DJ Moore is Baker a huge 15. upgrade. Yeah. He, he is right now over what, uh, what Darnold was, mm -hmm. but he is flawed. He's still, he's a very Go flawed quarterback. Going back to Baker for a minute, the the Freddie Kitchens era that really hurt him um, because of probably what the packages that were being called for him and and the some of the some of the stuff that went on with that. I think that hurt him a lot. I think you you take that year out of the equation, we might be looking at a different Baker Mayfield. You guys think so or not? I mean, it's never good to get a shitty coach when you're young like that, but. He came back the next year, like two years ago, like the first pandemic year, he threw 26 touchdowns to eight interceptions and won a road playoff game. I mean, it's not like he's terrible, you know? That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but like even that, that, he's a 60, he's a sub 63% passer. You know what I mean? Like there's just, he's not super accurate. He's not one of those, um, yeah. you know, out, a guy who's great outside the structure type of players. So now it's like, you know, going to Carolina, he really needs – I just think he needs a lot of help around him to make things go. Yeah. If um, you couldn't if you couldn't make things happen with, with bookend receivers like Odell and Landry, come on, man. <laughs> what, and a really good the three of us, line. Yeah, the three of us could have, could have gotten some play out of that. So I will say that DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, but but to Scott's point, Baker's gonna not he's gonna fuck that up. But he's like, <laughs> these guys are gonna oh, I'm just gonna run around a little bit, just you know, get more yards. So that's down gonna the be the thing is they're gonna have to restrain him. They're gonna yeah. have to pull him in and get him to buy into a specific offensive scheme. Yes, where he hit your reads, hit your best. reads. Right, I'm <laughs> not sure if he's gonna do well there. Right, he well, thinks he's Russell Wilson. Right. Yeah. He this is his last stop. Yeah, he, yeah, uh, no, Dave, I think you're right, and, and Cleve, you're right. I mean, this is like this is his chance. He needs to prove it now. That's it. And yeah, he is not Russell Wilson. 
He's not. He's not Pat Mahomes. He's not any of those guys. If anything, he's a very he's a very flawed. Uh, I don't cousin. know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, maybe. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to compare all these guys. Oh, I have one, but y'all stepped on my joke. Anyways, scratch that. <laughs> reverse it. He he thinks he's Russell Wilson, but he's really Jimmy G. Mm. Oh, he's nowhere near Jimmy G. From a structure, uh, <laughs> offensive flow state, nowhere near it. That's why I think Jimmy G is intriguing. is because he, he can run an offense for you. But, I mean, like, he should be, right? He should be striving to be that. But he's striving he, but he to be Russell Wilson. Allow him to be Jimmy G because he wants to. It's like he wants to be. I'm like, no, I can't do that. So, so basically what Scott's <laughs> saying is that what Scott's saying is that the first 15 scripted plays, they, they need to do the entire game plan like that. This is what you throw. These are your reads. Don't deviate from anything that we just gave you. Go out there and do exactly this. And it could be, it can't, I mean, that's what the Bears did a few years ago with, with uh, Mitch Trubisky at the midway point was they simplified things. They gave him half, half field reads. They let him roll into that half field. And it was, if this guy is not open, go. Check right. That. And that's, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where Carolina is going to have to be. But then when you look at all the weapons and McCaffrey and, and, you know, everything they have, is he going to just, is he going to tolerate being in a boring offense and just moving the chains and not taking shots down the field? I don't know. I don't know if he is. It's well, uh, if we, it's interesting. It, to Dave's point last year, if if he gets in there, it, well, hopefully he beats out Darnold for the job. <laughs> but if he gets in there and they're like, but Kathy has 50, 50 carries, then you know that they don't trust him to throw the ball at all. It's like, hey, just hand this off. Yeah. Hand this off to McCaffrey. Can't run anymore. And then hand it to Dante Foreman. <laughs> Which is, and then hand, yeah, and then hand to Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> I, did, like, in my get mind, I, I see uh, more of a short throwing rhythm offense that works better for, for Baker and not necessarily having to get the ball out of it. Not having, you don't want him holding the ball for a long time. Nope. So for him, it's, and it, with their weapons, they should be able to manufacture that. They should be able to. I mean, DJ Moore is a great route runner. He's super, super quick. Uh, he should be able to get open quick, right? Uh, you can run, you can throw lots of screen passes. Yeah. You can run lot, lots of action type stuff, but you have to have a quarterback who buys into what it is that you're that you're doing. And it's Carolina. He, I don't know. He, he needs to play like he played against the Chiefs in that game. What was that about two two years ago, Dave? Yeah, yeah, where he went nuts or the Pittsburgh yeah. playoffs. Yeah, he yeah. needs to. Be, yeah, he needs to be that Baker Mayfield, you know, barring all the other shit that goes on with him. He because again, like you, like you guys said, I mean, you had Landry, you had Odell, you had uh, what was the tight end in Joku? Yeah. yeah, you had him. You had a great running game, a great offensive line, decent defense. Like that was your shot, man. That was your shot. Yeah, and you've seen how effective Kareem Hunt can be in that kind of an off- yeah. offense catching pass. It doesn't get any better than that. Like you, McCaffrey should be primed if you know exactly. I mean, everybody talks about like uh, like the receivers getting the upgrade, and I think it's actually McCaffrey. Yeah, takes a little yeah. bit off him. Should should take a little off him. Yeah, no, McCaffrey set up. If if Christian McCaffrey plays seventeen games, he will be the highest scoring player in fantasy football. He will be with without yes. question. Um, yeah. 
Okay, there's one last thing I did want to talk about. Um, football, just big things. But first, I have to bring back. I'm not good enough producing the show to go back and like pull clips from previous episodes. But Cleve, do you remember when uh, I was telling when Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC, and I was going through some of the teams that the Big Ten would try to pull? And yeah. I was talking about Duke and Carolina and Georgia Tech, and you were like, "That's insane. Why would they do that? That's yeah. crazy." Yeah. So they added USC and UCLA. <laughs> hey. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Big TV money, man. Yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. TV uh, money. Yeah. So my first thought is Scott, as a fan of a Big Ten team, uh, go blue. Um, what are your thoughts for this for the conference, for college in general? Do you think it's a good thing, bad thing? Like what what was your sort of initial thought when it first happened? I I mean, I think it's great for the Big Ten, but I don't have I don't have much of a, a big picture understanding of like the other sports. Is it just football? I mean, what's you know what's totally involved in all of it? But anytime, everything but beach volleyball. Okay, so you know, anytime you can add a team with a, with a history like USC to a conference, or you know, in UCLA, like I think that's a great thing for. For your football program, my assumption is they go out west and they play in the Big Ten West, um, which it, it it that intrigues me because I think that's been like a, a the Big Ten West has been an afterthought mm-hmm. for a while. So bolstering that side of of the Big Ten, I think, is a great thing for everybody in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, I love the the idea of a rivalry with with you know with either of those teams and having to travel out there and it and not being like a Rose bowl type of a thing, but that might be the nostalgic part of me that, that, you know, thinking about that kind of stuff, you know, I think it's great for the big 10, but what's the next reaction? What's, what's the next move for the PAC 12? Who's where's Oregon going? Where's Washington going? Right. Like, is that, are they going to the big 12? Um, I mean, they have to, right. Yeah, no, I think that, um, We've been moving towards like four 2014 super conferences for a while. That's yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, it's inching towards that. And I think the Big Ten did a good job here of just pointing out what we all knew: geography doesn't matter. Yeah, fit matters. Geography doesn't matter, and um, the ACC can't really get picked apart, as far as I know. Like their grants of rights don't run out till 2036. Each year that passes, that gets it gets less and less devastating for the teams to leave the conference. So is, that, like is Notre Dame a part of that grants of rights? Yeah. No, no, no but no technically shit. they signed a deal that they said they could not join a conference unless it's the ACC. However, if there's no ACC to join, they're probably exempt from that. So yeah. I have a feeling that the SEC and the big 10 are hugely after trying to destroy the ACC so they try to get Notre Dame but Notre Dame when they do decide to join a conference which they don't have to right now but when they do they got to come to the Big Ten we got Michigan Michigan State Purdue USC and probably Stanford eventually at this point like you think you would think Cal and Stanford would come into the Big Ten so I mean from a recruiting standpoint now you now you could get kids that are on this side of the country easy well, coming to that coming into that conference. Well, true, but Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State always could, but now everybody else can too. Correct. Yeah, yeah. that's my point. Like now, it, the three-star it, it, kids in LA can look at Michigan State, Purdue, and correct. Indiana where they wouldn't look there before. 
and then with the with the advent of the NIL stuff now, it's gonna um it's gonna it's this is gonna get really interesting real soon. Well, USC is going to be a fully operational Death Star when they roll in in 2024. I mean, I bet them to win the national championship this year <laughs> um, already because they've got – because Caleb Williams was a true freshman last year. So he'll be a sophomore in 22, junior in 23, gone to the NFL for the yeah. 2024 NFL draft. But Malachi Nelson is coming in next year. And so then he'll just be coming in right then. Lincoln Riley will be in year, what, three Go when he comes into the Big Ten? USC yeah. is going to be an absolute problem when they when they show up. Um, so yes, please stay in the West. Um, <laughs> but there's going to be more. Like the Big Ten has signaled they're they're not done. They're at 16 teams. I for sure know they want to get to 24. So does the SEC. And I'm trying to think about like what eight teams I want the Big Ten to add. I don't even know that I want them to go out west for many more. I'd much rather go south. I want Duke and Carolina. For sure, without question, because mm. Big Ten's the basketball conference. So I want Duke and Carolina. It, yeah, that's that's going to be the that's the um that's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's the thing they don't want to break up the basketball. So that's where it's going to get strategic because they're like, ah, yeah. oh, do we want to you know tournament time? Do we want to really do that? Well, the SEC could push for it too because they've got Kentucky. So they could yeah. be like, well, if we add Duke and Carolina to Kentucky, we might actually become the basketball conference over mm. the Big Ten. And so, I mean, the Big Ten, because we it's political football, but UCLA is the basketball pole here. That's why they're yeah. coming, right? Yeah. So we want Duke and Carolina. Um, I'd love to get Georgia Tech, you know, get a school in Georgia. I'd love to get Miami and get a school oh, in Florida. The Canes, okay. Yep. Um, I think that'd be – because Clemson and Florida State, they're already SEC teams. So they're yes, they're going to the SEC no matter what. Um, uh Cleve, everybody knows you're a huge Rutgers fan. What do you think about getting like Boston College or something like that? <laughs> I'm not a Rutgers fan, but um, obviously, um, grew up in a state where they got their asses kicked all the time, except for the Ray Rice years. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a huge Canes fan, but um, but yeah, Rutgers. Um, I don't know. You know. So Ben Ben in the chat, he says Oregon. And I think I think Oregon be fine if you know if we added Oregon and Washington. But if there's only eight spots left, you're holding one for Notre Dame, so there's seven spots left. Duke and Carolina, there's five spots left. If you go Washington or Washington and Oregon, now there's three spots left. If you go Cal and Stanford, now there's one spot left. You know, I just like. Yeah, Ben's it, making a good point. That Nike money comes into the conference big time. Yeah, yeah. But, we already, but we already got the <laughs> Nike money. And besides, if we get Carolina, we get Jordan. So that's the Nike money. Phil Nike, <laughs> kiss off. Jordan is the <laughs> Nike money. Um, and Michigan's already Jordan branded. So, um, and we got Maryland. That's Under Armour. And uh, Notre Dame's Under Armour, too. So, like, would, would Oregon join if not every team in the conference went to Nike? Because Notre Dame and Maryland are never switching from Under Armour, I don't think. So, yeah, Maryland's not. I mean, that's where the guy went to school, right? I think I thought he was from here and went to Notre Dame or like went to both or something. I thought there was something some, like yeah, it's some kind of tie. He has some kind of tie to the schools. Yeah. Um. So that's that's never that's never switching. So I mean, I wouldn't mind adding um Oregon and in Washington, of course, especially we're gonna be out there. But if we had them, we had Cal and Stanford. Well, now we're at twenty. With I've gone south. What about Virginia and Virginia Tech? 
Maryland's Tech. already here. If we add Duke and North Carolina, now Virginia and Virginia Tech are in between. But if you had to pick one, if you had to pick Virginia or Virginia Tech, what, what if what you, you couldn't? Do? What if you couldn't take one without the other? Take them both. Right. I mean, could happen. Yeah, it's a complicated thing to expand out to twenty-four. I mean, I think I think they'll get to twenty as the next step, and then kind of evaluate how that, like where Notre Dame is. How does that change the the playoff landscape, though? So that's well, one of the things in. I wanted. To, like before we end, it, I was just, it's this is super interesting. If they're going to go to these mega conferences, yeah, it maybe did, allows you to expand playoffs easier. Correct. Or yeah. Do the first rounds of the playoffs in the conference, and then it's the final okay. four of conference champions. Mm. Sure. Never and you know what? You know how that's going to go. People are going to bitch about it because maybe one year the SEC has Alabama and Georgia, and they are better than everybody, right? And like, yeah, I mean, but you still got to play each other to to move on. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you have, but if you have four twenty-four team conferences. You can do the conference championship games, the two division winners, which is really just the actual conferences. The two division winners play. Well, that's the round of eight. And then the four winners, that's your semifinal. They, the two winners of them are the champion. Like you can make it so you have to win the conference to make the playoff, which would make yeah. the conference championship games yeah. the first round. Yeah. If you don't win your conference, then why would why would you be in a, you know, why would you be in contention if you can't win and, your conference? Right. And if there's four 24 team conferences, the conference champions are going to be the four most deserving teams by the end because everybody else that they've beat. I mean, maybe you get one where like you have a three or four loss team because they beat up on each other or something. So, but, so USF still got left out in the cold when you were just talking. You don't think that they would get a shot? The Bulls, I mean, they're, they're a mid-major already. I, um, I just don't. You don't want. See, like, you don't think they're deserving of a spot, like one of the spots that you were, you were talking about, like you said, Duke over USF. I mean, well, you're saying Duke, Duke because of the basketball. Yeah, you're talking oh, about the basketball. Oh, and football. Like I'll take Duke. I'll take over Duke U over. But over also USF? for the Big Ten, there's the academic concerns. Like being an AAU school or have like a good reason oh, why you're not like okay. Nebraska or Miami. Yeah. Like USF is not. I mean, I went to Colorado State online. I'm about to start dunking out of their universities here. But Duke versus USF is not much of a competition. <laughs> So it's the Yale of the West. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not going to be out here and be demeaning the educational prowess of, of institutions. I think all, all education is good education, but I will say, I think the education at Duke might, might be better than at USF. Just, well, some guys still going to take golf course management. <laughs> Sounds nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing it. too, is that I think that the big thing, the SEC want to get to 20 quickly. Because yeah. then they could also only play amongst themselves and they could tell the NCAA to fuck off and pay the players. Yeah. So well, the, that's kind of yeah. where this whole yeah. thing could be going is the NCAA yep. might be on its way out, which yep. I don't think is a bad thing at all for the players. No. At all. Yeah. They had a hundred, what is it, a hundred year run? Yeah. And let's say, <laughs> let's say the SEC and Big Ten get to 20 teams each. Uh, they pull in. Notre Dame, Carolina, Duke, and Oregon to the Big Ten. And then the SEC pulls in Clemson, Florida State, West Virginia, which is a cultural fit, and um, uh, Georgia Tech, right? Now it's time for March Madness. And the NCAA says, all right, we're having the NCAA March Madness tournament. And the two SEC and Big Ten say, none of our teams are coming. We're having our own tournament, and we'll invite the teams we think should be there. Do you want to go to their tournament that won't have – 
Michigan, Michigan State, Duke, Carolina, Ohio State, Kentucky? Or do you want to come into our tournament with these big-name teams? And the NCAA tournament will be done. It'll be replaced by the Big Ten SEC Invitational as the new national championship tournament. And then they'll control all that. They'll get all the TV money for that as well. The NCAA should be done because they're corrupt. And I'm very excited to see where this could go. And I want these payers getting paid. And I don't want there to be any limits put on by the NCAA or anything else. If Michigan wants to pay each one of their players a million dollars a year, then pay a million dollars a year. They're not going to go quietly, bro. They're going to fight tooth and nail. Of getting course out. they they're are. Gonna get yeah, they're not. They're, they're, they're going to throw a grenade on all of that shit, dude. But there's a, um, the NCAA is an institution made up of its member institutions. When 40 of the most powerful members of the NCAA are like, well, we're not involved anymore. I mean, yeah. what are they going to fight with? I mean, Indiana State, I mean, what are you going to do? I yeah. don't. Yeah. Ben makes a good point there. Uh, yeah, Ben here, he says that there's always a better team eliminated in the semifinals in professional sports. Why should it be different in college football? So this is a point that I uh, like to make. The point of sports is not to be the best team. The point of sports is to win the championship. The best team does not always win. Always the win best the team in 2007 were the Patriots. The Giants won the Super Bowl. They are the champions. The point is to win the championship, whatever that championship is. You do not need to be the best team to win. The best team of baseball hardly ever wins because their tournaments are crazy if they play 162 games. The NHL yeah. playoffs are nuts, right? Yeah. Like the, the March Madness tournament, how often does the number one overall seed win once every five years, yeah. right? Like the point is not to be the best team. The point is to win your championship. And so if a better team loses in the semifinals, so be it. They fail to win their championship. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, That's I mean, fair. I, just, I, I wanted them to to um, enlarge it all. I, you know, I wanted instead of a Final Four. I've, I've in the last few years, I wanted it to be eight. Um, but but, but I don't right, know how you do that. But even right now, it's like six and a half because only like an undefeated versus one loss SEC team can you get two teams in. Yeah. So when Michigan played Iowa in the Big Ten championship game this year, if Iowa had beaten them, Michigan's probably out of the playoff, right? Yeah, yeah. So while Iowa can't win their way in, Michigan could have still lost their way out. Yeah. So it's not quite eight, but it's not four either. It's sure. some sort of like weird amalgamation, and they could just codify it into eight, where it's the division winners of the conferences, and they they play each other first all the time. Um, that'd be great. Also, one thing we didn't mention here about USC and UCLA coming in is that we think about because we're from the Midwest, Scott, about going to LA. What about USC coming to Michigan the week imagine? before Thanksgiving? <laughs> it's snowing. It's cold. These punk-ass kids who didn't even look at going to schools up north because they were like, oh, it's so cold. I don't want to yeah, go I've there. never seen snow before. Yeah, Right. And now you're coming in, <laughs> and the Michigan linemen aren't wearing sleeves. <laughs> like, the, caveat, the caveat is like, well, we're coming to your conference. You got to build a dome. <laughs> you got to build a dome stadium or, or we're not coming. Fine, but you got to pay for it. <laughs> Oh, Trump's wall. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Michigan will play football in a dome before that wall gets built. I'll, uh, I'll tell you that. Okay, we're about to uh, we're about to wrap this up here. We're going about an hour and 20 minutes. Just one last thing I wanted to get to here in Cleve. I saved this for last because I knew you would appreciate this the most. Somebody asked Tyreek Hill about playing with Tua versus playing with Patrick Mahomes. And Tyreek Hill said that. 
accuracy-wise, he would prefer Tua to Mahomes. What are your thoughts? Um, <laughs> so, all right. For, so something definitely happened between the two of them. Um, where that where he would say that because I mean you want to chip with the you know I don't know. Um, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. Tua and is you know a me. very accurate quarterback. That's but true. Not, but he's not durable. He's not durable, and that's my that's my issue with Tua. To be honest, I know I've given him some shit over the over the years, but I just think that um, being durable, he's a quarterback that needs a offensive line to to keep him upright, like more he's than got it. Like yeah, they got yeah. it now. So yeah, yep. so so now yeah. yeah, so exactly now we're gonna find out what what he can do. Um, I I think Tyreek Hill. I, I never like when guys do that shit. I don't know why. I think it's just the athlete in me. Like, you know, that's not something for public consumption to go out and, and bag on another guy. Now, obviously, we're, if we have tape on both guys, like, like Scott just pointed out, that Tua is is more accurate. And Dave, I, you know, I do believe, you know, that because we see Mahomes just ad-lib and throw some dumb shit up and you're like, what are you, are you trying to win this game or not? You know? So, but to put him out there like that, because so it makes me you kinda, wonder. You like, kind of cleaned it up. You cleaned it up because he said he he said it a little harsher than that. I think. Yeah, he did. But I was think. he asked that? Did it? Did a journalist ask him, or were they priming him to answer this question? Because that's like the thing. Like you see the little clip of what he said. Yeah, but I mean, was it could there be a something sound he said before or after be that made bite. it? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. So but he, he said, "Mahomes." He, he said, "Mahomes is trash." I think that's what he said, right? <laughs> is that what he said? No, I'm going to look this up. I think that's exactly what he said. Mahomes is trash. I think that's he, what he said, said that. Let me let me get the quote as you guys are talking about this. If if Tyreek Hill said Patrick Mahomes is trash, this, then we can dismiss be, everything he says. Right? Yeah, we can, like, already, we can already dismiss him as a human being. To be able to dismiss <laughs> his football takes would be great because now it's just like. Did he score points for my fantasy team is all we need to think about from this guy <sighs> ever again. That's like Skip Bayless level bad. Yes. Mm. Yes. I mean, that Mahomes be... is really accurate too. I mean, yeah. Mahomes is a very accurate quarterback. Yeah. Um, especially like on the run, making crazy plays. Now, yeah. some of that accuracy, because it's in the numbers, he might actually throw the ball 50 yards away from Tyreek on a rainbow and Tyreek so fast he can get there. And yes. if it wasn't for Tyreek, these are all incompletions, and Tyreek knows that. So maybe he's like, that's a horribly inaccurate throw that's a completion because I ran to it, but he's still not trash. And Tua's yeah, not I'm making that throw. Yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> no, that, that throw that Tua threw in the national title game to win the game was about the extent of his range <laughs> to Devontae yes. Smith. That was about the most the most that he could. They could do. Cleve, did uh, Tyreek call him trash? Or are you making shit yeah, up? I'm, yeah, no, no, no. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I want to make sure uh, that this, I don't get this. Is, this is some Jets-ass journalism right here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, while Cleve's looking for this, I want to run this idea by you guys. So, uh, Scott, you're a Lions fan. Yes, unfortunately. I'm a Lions fan. Yes. And so now we have two Lions fans on the show with a Jets fan. So what do you guys think about this? I am, of course, always a Lions fan. We're a Lions fan to the day I die. But for the context of the show, what if I take over for my AFC team? And for the show, I'm a Ravens fan. Fine. So cool. we get so, yeah. so we get another 
another team on here because I don't want to be like just because it'll be bad when the Lions are out here being the Lions. We got two of us here, and we want to pivot to the Jets. I love like, I love where the Jets are right now. I really do. With the with the offensive players that they've added, and Zach, I, I don't know where you, Cleve. I don't know where you're at with Zach Wilson, but not a, <laughs> not a uh, I'm not a I'm not a guy for him. I'm I don't not yet. Lost or... No, no, I've seen enough. <laughs> I've seen enough. Okay. Yeah, Scott, I'm not kidding. He's a Jets fan. He has seen enough. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> like, like it is. I would be more intrigued with Zach Wilson today than at any point last year, just because of, of a few of the things that he did do last year towards the end of the season. So while but, Cleve looks this up, I can I can make Cleve's point for him. I actually think it's a pretty good point, which is that we did get to see White Mike and old ass <laughs> James Johnson or whatever last year and Joe Flacco all come in and play way better than Zach Wilson in the exact same circumstances. Yeah. So, like, would we be excited for White Mike going into this year if he was still the quarterback? Well, they're still building a statue. I think the, the, the cleats are down into the cement right now. That's about it. That's a reasonable take. It, it is. Yeah. So, but I also think that Zach Wilson was, of course, very raw coming in. And he he has he still has a immense ceiling in the NFL, but his odds of hitting are way lower than it was before we actually saw him play a little bit. Right. Yeah. His odds of getting there are lower. So I, okay, there were moments towards the end when he played at the end of the season where it looked to me like he was a totally different guy than in week one, week two kind of thing. And he was. Right. So, yeah, we, um, you guys can't see this. So, yeah, he calls him trash. Guys, can see that? Mahomes was trash upon his final something in the game training. For, for the audio listeners on the podcast, Boomer Cleave is holding his cell phone. Yeah, I just. Just to wanna... the screen instead of, putting, <laughs> hey, instead of putting a link in the private chat on this beautiful StreamYard system that we have, he is holding his phone up to his camera. So and not only that, he put so, it right on top of it too, so we can never see it. So it, it so it happened back in 2020 because there was a rift or something, and this this resurfaced because they had a rift. And this, like I said, I preface like something happened with them at some point. And that's why he said that. And then he went on to say, just for context, he went on to say that he wasn't trying to be a diva, but he's saying in certain situations, certain matchups, that they were they weren't going to him. Like every receiver wants their target share, as Dave likes to always, you know, say what the target share is going to be. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if this is one of your best weapons, you got to feed him. You know, keep giving him the ball if if you can get it to him. So I think that's what. They they had a problem because he said that's what they do in Buffalo. Like Josh would find his guys, whatever. So it was a dust up. But Mahomes took the the high road and just said, "Hey, we always will love him. He was a great teammate, and that's what you're supposed to do. Like even if you have a little something going on, come on, man. Like don't don't do that. Like that that's your teammate. You guys went to battle together. You guys won a lot of games together. You know, don't call the man trash." See, I would never take the high road in that situation. If he called me trash, I would while he was on the team. As soon as he's out the door, I'd have been like, if we had had Devontae Adams, we would have won two more Super Bowls. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it sounds like Tyreek Hill is a lot to manage, and it's one of the reasons why they traded him is just there's a lot there. Was, yeah. was he the one that, that threatened the kids? Uh, so the situation with Tyreek Hill is that his three-year-old son showed up with a broken arm fucking guy man and Tyreek would not say who did it 
the mother would not say who did it, which means that there was no way, like no, nothing to prosecute or whatever. But the kid said daddy did it. But and apparently it's not admissible. And then he said he he needs to be afraid of me. Something like that. Yeah. yeah it was like audio, it was like audio about that, right? And Tyreek Hill got ran out of Oklahoma State in college and had to go to some smaller school because he had a domestic violence altercation with his girlfriend at the time. So yeah. like Tyreek Hill obviously sucks, like as as a person. There's no question about that. And then to call Mahomes trash means his football takes are terrible too. So now it's just like, did Tyreek Hill make me money scoring touchdowns or not? And that's all I care about this dude. I don't care what he thinks about anything. Right. Like, let's, are you still going to take him if you have the opportunity to take him? Uh, yes. And the, and that is because my hatred of him has no bearing on his performance <laughs> on the field. If it did, I just, just want to know did. where we all stand it's on it. He if sounds like did. a true robber baron, bro. No, no, no. If you <laughs> if you made me like, for example, if I was if I was Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, Miles Bridges would never ever play in the NBA ever again. Deshaun Watson would never play in the NFL ever again. And Ben Roethlisberger would have been investigated. Like if you put me in charge of the league, most of these players would never play again for these situations. Tyreek Hill would have been out of this league years ago. He'd be catching yeah. passes of the St. Louis Battlehawks. But I'm not <laughs> in that position, right? All I can do is make the best possible game decisions based on who is allowed on the field and Tyreek Hill gets to play. And so I can't like be like, I fucking hate this guy. I'm going to ignore the fact that he's on the field. I mean, he gets to play. So I have to like, I have to take that into account. But again, if I were Thanos, I could snap my fingers. Tyreek is in some trouble. I think, I think for your pitch there, there's a, there's an add on uh, indeed that the Lyft tour is looking for a spokesman and you probably could get these guys, more guys to come from the PGA. <laughs> fucking Lyft tour, dude. <laughs> so, so that's very interesting, right? Ask me if I played DraftKings Live Tour contests. Okay, then. Have you? Have you? Have you? No, but I did build a lineup in case it overlaid. Because <laughs> I didn't want to miss out on the value. Are you taking a, are you taking a stand on that one for now? Well, the thing is, I can just choose the sport or not, right? And so I'm going to choose not to really participate with the live tour at all. Like, I'm never going to watch it. because What if there was a ton of overlay? That makes it a lot harder because it's already there. It's like like the overlay is there whether I play it or not. Mm -hmm. So should I play or – like, should I forego the opportunity? Like, because it's not like me not playing is going to make the live tour collapse. You know, so it's like this weird push, push and pull. If it could, if it was like, if Dave doesn't play this contest, the live tour is going to fade into oblivion. I would never play. I live tour. So, so here's the thing, Dave and and Scott, and we could probably close on this. Um, I so with with that, I'm I don't mind that these golfers have 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 done that for their career for for their money or whatever they're going to do because we got a, a glimpse of what the PGA puts them through as far as tournaments yeah. and money and stuff like that. And the, these guys, whether we think they're great athletes or not, they're still sacrificing their time, their efforts. They're going out there to, to do this. They got a, a tour with fuck you money. And it's like, we're drawing talent over and, and stuff like that. If any, if anyone could track their own money of what it supports, what it doesn't support. We have a, a lot of these teams in the NFL that gave money to Trump, that gave money to that gives money to different things. So it's kind of hypocritical for someone to sit there and be like, oh, fuck these guys. These guys shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, dude, like they're this is why they 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 play their sport for it's a tournament. At the end of the day, it's a tournament. Um 
the, each person has to look into to their own soul for that. But I'm not going to condemn a guy because he wanted to play in the tournament. I'm not either. And, to, and that money, the money is, I mean, the, the, a lot of them, I mean, do you think every pro golfer loves golf? Or, or is he just so good at it that he can make a lot of money doing it? Exactly. And, it's it's right. the point. You know, at some yeah. point it stops being fun, and it's a it's it's a way to set myself up for the rest of my life. And the PGA, like I said, with this happening, it showed you how the PGA the PGA looks like you like like the UFC, like they don't pay their guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh shit! Like, damn! I thought everyone got paid, and they're getting their brain yeah. you know, brains beat out. Now, I mean, I'm obviously comparing a fight sport to golf, but it's it's like. It's like the economics is like the that the PGA makes all this money and these guys get a trickle down. Now so, these guys get fuck you money and they're like, you know what? I'm going to play in this league count. But I so I don't think they're monsters for choosing to play in these in these tournaments no. by any stretch. But I do have a counter argument, which is, you know, the Spider-Man thing with great power comes great responsibility. If this tour approached all these big time golfers and they all said no publicly for the same reason and it's about who was funding it and why they wouldn't participate with them the message of what is wrong with the saudi government and the treatment of people and the murder of jamal Khashoggi would have reached a ton more people so it's a lot more different than like i'm sure the giant international companies that own the hotels that i work for are up to some awful shit but <laughs> me choosing to or not to work there cannot have any sort of impact on the awful shit but if all these golfers came out and were like, we got approached, we could each make $10 million of this money, and all we have to do is show up and play the sport that we love and be treated like kings, but we're choosing not to do that because of the people offering the money, I think two things would happen. One, uh, three things. One, they would increase their Q rating immensely, just in general, their brands, everything, uh, just, just for themselves. Two, it would put the same pressure on the PGA to make some reforms to keep them because three, the Saudis aren't the only billionaires that love golf. Michael Jordan could take a look at what's happening here and be like, I'd love to have to be a Jordan golf tour and yeah, I yeah. could fund this. What well, I could pay this. I'm glad you said that because this, it, it shows you that with, it's like the NCAA, like if another entity comes up and is like, Hey, we have, we have a tournament or like you said eloquently in our last segment, if if the two super conferences come together, like fuck you, we're gonna do our own championship thing. Who's to stop them? Right, who's to stop them? Because we're still gonna watch, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And if you don't want to watch what's happening, then you hit. You have a choice to say, well, you know what? I'm not gonna watch this guy playing this tournament. I'm not gonna watch the live tournament. That's it. Right. And the thing too is, that I don't think that these golfers would have gone into agreed to play these tournaments if they did not think that the league or the, whatever the tour was going to be viable, right? They didn't think it was like the USFL. They thought it was going to be another good viable tour to participate in, which means they had to be pitched on it in the first place. Oh, so yeah. you take their pitch, you take their structure, their ideas, and then you take it to somebody like Michael Jordan. And you're like, Hey, this is the Saudis idea. Why don't you get some people together, match what they're doing, but you do it instead. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, all that I mean, stuff is great, but in the end, maybe it's as simple as they offered me a shitload of money yeah, just to go I, I, I was there. Gonna, Scott, I was just going to say that. That's Scott, you, you, and that money is coming there, right now. Yeah, yeah, you're sitting there like, man, in 10 years, I could probably make that, and I could make this on this one tournament, on this one tour. Yes, like, in one year. It's the reason you play the sport. 
like Scott yeah. said, like you're playing, you're playing, like it's it's fun. It's like okay, I play football because I want to win a championship, not because it's I don't, don't want to break my body for for money. At the end of the day, I want a championship. I want to be recognized. Yeah. I want the Hall of Fame or whatever it is. Ask Jim Kelly if he would if he would give back one of those Super Bowls for actual win. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he'd <laughs> give up a lot. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> my my yeah. cons, my concern about that though, and again, I understand it, and I don't think that they are like horrible human beings no, for making not. that no. decision at all. Like, no, I'm not I'm trying to like to condemn them, but what I'm saying is that I think that it's also a bit short sighted given what they could have done. Like, or and they could still do. They could grab, you know, they could secure the bag in one year and then tell Liv to fuck off and then go to Jordan and be like, no, match well, it. Yeah. Well, right? that could, I mean, that could that could very well happen. But again, to Scott and I's point, like if you're sitting there, Tiger Woods is in a position to say, well, fuck off. I, I'm good because he's damn near a billionaire. But yeah. the, some guy who's 39th in the world and just starting to see some money now, it's like uh, 10 million. Yeah, I'll but do it. But is grinding right to get, <laughs> yeah. to get to make it workable? Yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Like I'm not a politician. I have to look into my own soul at, at the end of the day. And and for those listening, I'm not a. It's not about money for me. But what I'm saying is that it's it's the reason that they're doing. It. It's the reason why they keep score. It's a competition. At the end of the day, I'm playing against other great golf. I'm not just playing against golfers around the world. I'm playing. I'm playing against top level guys. For, for the money that I think I deserve now, not in 10 years or a piece rated by the PGA. I'm getting that right now because these siders have to fuck you money. Like, oh, you know what? 50 million onto the winner. That's it. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that I think that the expectation can go both ways to so try to be logically consistent. I'm not, and I'm also, I want to be clear, I'm not arguing that my opinion here is the correct one. Um, you know, I do that a lot because I usually do think my opinion is the correct one, but I don't actually think that in this case, it's just another way of looking at it. But I really don't want the NBA to let Miles Bridges ever play in the league ever again. What is that so about? You said that he, twice. He, uh, he's been consistently just beating the shit out of his girlfriend, uh, oh, wow. allegedly, but she alleged on Instagram with photos, oh, like yeah. really bad. Like it's a really bad situation. So and like he should be done. Like, like nobody should want this guy in their league representing them at all. However, the Saudi government is worse than Miles Bridges. <laughs> and so, like, I don't want other people to choose them either. Like, I don't want them to reverse the situation. Like, I wouldn't go work for Miles Bridges either, right? Yeah. Like, I would I would never go work at the Trump Hotel. I don't care if they offer me $10 million a year. I'm not taking it to go work at the Trump Hotel. That doesn't mean I would begrudge somebody who did. But I do think that in their highly pro, highly public positions – they could have made a principled stand, leveraged the offer, and still gotten something close to, if not maybe deferred a little bit to what they got, to what they got anyways. And they could still do it. They could still play one year, get the money, and then just all quit and have somebody else more reputable come in and recreate the live situation. Yeah. If this thing, if this thing pops by the end of it, how it is, more more guys are gonna defect. It's because at the end of the day, it's economics. It's it's why they yes. it's why they're doing it, and and because the entity that they have currently, the PGA is like, well, we got to change what we're doing. They're gonna have to change what they're doing. Yeah, or and guys one of the big things is also, tour. and it's not really been talked about all that much, is the change from going from four days to three. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
right? They're playing three days, three days instead of four. And, you know, if you don't love golf and if you're grinding already, three's a lot nicer than four. It's Does that mean there's travel. no cut? There's somebody, what's that? Does that mean there's no cut? I don't think there is a cut. No. I just think they play yeah. and it's just, you know, it's just a lot less to have to deal with um, on both ends of it. Traveling in and out. It's you know, it's, it's what we easy. said about Gronk showing up <laughs> for the playoffs, bro. They're showing up for the playoffs. <laughs> yes, and yeah. making money like that. That's what they're doing. Showing up, I'm showing up in the, in the last quarter, make my money because I'm going to make more more money now than I would make in five years or ten years with the with the tour, with the PGA yeah. tour. Yeah, like I said, I don't I don't begrudge them. I just wish they had made a different, uh, collectively a different decision. Oh, excuse me, cat. Thank you. All right, goodbye. Um, all right, so we're gonna end. Uh, we're gonna end on that note for this week. Uh, Scott, welcome formally to the show. It was it's a uh, great you. having you here. Um, oh, the dogs in. Oh boy. Uh oh. <laughs> no, Every, yeah, everybody. She's a horse. Everybody's got, everybody's got their pets around. Scott's got his dog. I've got my cat. Uh, Cleve, you got a love for Woody Johnson, apparently. Jesus. <laughs> Speak, speaking of awful NFL owners that do awful things, but we show up and support them anyways. Hey, he, he, he's probably at the live tour. <laughs> yeah. Got front row seats with Jared Kushner. Fuck yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, uh, we, we settled on the schedule at least for the next little bit here. Yeah. We will be back two weeks from tonight uh, Thanks, with another man. show. And then uh, two weeks after that as well to start the season previews. Now, we might not have Cleve for that one. He might be on vacation. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, I will try to reach out to somebody else, see if they can come in and get a three-person one. And we'd probably do the South Division without the Southern Divisions, NFC and, a and AFC South, because AFC South is trash. And then NFC South is already Gronk and Baker. I already talked about it. So Gronk and um, Baker. <laughs> We'd probably do that one of those days if uh, if Cleve is on vacation. Uh, guys, anything else before we get out of here? No. We, well, Thanks we, for having me, we, guys. Yeah, we skirted Deshaun Watson, but um, I'm I'm so fucking tired of this shit with him. Just that, just have him sit out, dude. Just, well, I mean, it's I mean, I, yeah, I had him on here, but like, it was at some worth. point, like we're gonna find out. Like at this point, it's like just give us the news. Yeah, yeah, and, just, then, and then we'll discuss he, it. That he's done indefinitely, you know. Yeah, uh, that news is probably going to drop next week. So by the time we talk about it, all the takes will have been out there. But that means we can also respond to the terrible takes that we see too, which is always, which gotcha. is always fun. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you everybody who joined us in the chat. Thank you everybody uh, who listened live. Uh, if you listen on the podcast feed, uh, do remember that uh, this is a live stream on YouTube. Go to the YouTube page that is in the show notes. Uh, like and subscribe. Click the notification bell when we go live. You will get. A reminder. I set the show in advance now so you can get reminders so you can know when it goes live. I figured it out. Next, uh, <laughs> thumbnails. At some point, we're going to learn to do thumbnails. That's what's coming next. All right, everybody. Baby Mayfield, guys. Let's figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> all right. We'll see y'all later. Peace. Peace. See you guys.